0: Hi, how's it going? Welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up, where we talk about how people came up in the industry, how they got to where they're at, and the journey that they went through to get there. Here we had have David Saint George with us, who's the sales manager, regional sales manager, for Simon, uh, located here in the USA. Uh, this is they're in Las Vegas, Nevada, is their headquarters. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation.
1: Elite Automation is focusing on AMR technologies. AMRs are autonomous mobile robots used in your facility to transfer goods or products from one side of your facility to the other.
0: This is a super powerful tool and it's a new piece of technology that us as systems integrators can utilize as a tool to leverage your company to be more advanced than the next company and be able to automate systems that at one point were not able to be automated.
1: If you have any AMR needs, you can reach us at rfq Thanks,
2: Malachi. I'm glad to be here with you. I've been following you on LinkedIn for quite some time, man, I'm a big fan of, uh, of your company and all the great stuff Thank that you you're doing in automation and controls, man. So uh, keep up the great work. And, you know, uh, I got started in automation and controls, uh, you know, uh, Gosh, it was almost 30 years ago—about 29 wow. years ago—and I graduated from Kent State University. And I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I knew that I was—I was uh, I knew I was a problem solver. I like talking to people, and I like helping people solve problems. So sales was kind of a natural avenue for me to follow. And I'm also a technical guy. So uh, when I got out of school, I cut my teeth in an inside sales job, working for a small distributor on the east side of Cleveland, Ohio, and. Uh, and it was it was exciting i really liked it i helped people solve problems i got a chance to go out with some of the field sales guys and look at applications and and try to figure out what we could do to help that customer solve a problem and you know a lot of my engineer friends don't quite understand my job because they go i could never sell <laughs> and i go i'm not selling i'm solving problems and yeah. i do it in a smart intelligent way and yeah. and uh, if you have a good product and a good reputation people people gravitate and and, and you, they buy from you. So, uh, you know, after getting out of school, I did that for a few years and I decided that distribution was a little crazy. Uh, at the time, distributors were getting bought up. You know, it was a lot of acquisitions going on. And I decided at that point I had an opportunity to work for a manufacturer. And I went to work for, uh, at the time, they were called OFLEX Wire and Cable and Contact Epic Connectors. And now they're called LAP USA. And uh, they make a fine product, German company, flexible cables, and I was doing cable assemblies uh, for them, uh, rail assemblies and things like that, and automotive plants and everywhere. So I really liked that. Got an opportunity to go to work for a a Japanese manufacturer called IDEC Corporation and uh, cut my teeth there and learned a lot about automation and controls, everything from PLCs to pluggable relays and generic stuff like power supplies, push buttons and everything. And they had a pretty
0: good product line. How, how old were you about that time?
2: At That time, uh, well, I'll tell you, I'm about 54 years old now. <laughs> and uh, I've been with Simon for about three years now. And uh, prior to that, uh, I, I managed a distributor in downtown Cleveland, an, automo- an automation and controls distributor. Mm-hmm. And I uh, did that for six years, and then I was with uh, IDEC for 11 years. So I had that to say uh, I was roughly in my mid-30s, mid to late 30s. Um, so it was really neat how my story progressed in terms of uh, how I learned the business. Yeah. And I guess uh, probably like you do, Malachi, I, I try to surround myself with, with knowledgeable people oh. and then act like a sponge because, um, you know, I'm, I'm the type of a guy that likes to learn like you are. And, and, and the more you learn, the, the more effective you can be. And and so uh, I, uh, I I learned quite a lot, especially over probably the last 15 years, um, because when you're a young guy, it's it's kind of difficult to uh to uh left to apply consumed. those things yeah, you know
0: consumed too. exactly yes yeah, a lot of us are still seeking in
2: exactly <laughs> exactly so uh I was able to uh to uh really show um uh, my ability to be able to to help customers grow the business okay. and it's something that's I'm very passionate about just like you are about robotics and about you know some of your customers that you help to solve problems and that's where you and I I think have some similarities in yeah. terms of, uh, you know, the mold that we're made from, yeah, so to absolutely. speak. So, yeah. So,
0: so whenever you went, whenever going back, like whenever you went into college, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe even further back, did you have sure. interest in the, in this type of field or manufacturing or anything back, back before, when you were like in high school?
2: I did. Uh, when I was in high school, um, you know, it, it probably goes back to my father, I guess. Okay. Uh, my father uh, sold uh, advertising space for high-tech magazines, all nice. right? So metal forming and fabricating, a lot of patent publishing companies, aerospace engineering, um, uh, plant uh, engineering and things like that. So, my dad would bring these magazines home with him and leave them laying around the house or in his office. And I found myself as a young high school kid, maybe even seventh, eighth grade, picking up these magazines and going through them and looking yeah. at some of the cool stuff that they were doing and asking my dad lots of questions about it, you know. And my dad at the time thought, well, He's interested in advertising. Maybe he wants to get into (laughs) my business. And dad found out later I was more of a techie guy and I was more technical and I was really interested in the products that were in the magazines. Versus right. the advertising and, yeah. and doing that gotcha. kind of thing. So. so,
0: was that his business then?
2: It was. Okay. He was he was a rep and he repped about probably four or five different magazines. And nice. again, um, maybe that's why I got the sales gene in me because <laughs> my father was uh, one of the leading salespeople. Uh, Alan Saint George was my middle name, but one of the leading salespeople. Um, and every year, my dad excelled at what he did, and I really admired that because my dad would win trips to the Virgin Islands or. Oh, wow. to hawaii right. or things like that and dad would come home and he's like hey i was the top salesman again this year we're going to hawaii next month mm-hmm. and and as a and as a 13 or 14 year old kid you're like oh that's fantastic dad yeah. let's go to hawaii you know yeah, so absolutely. yeah so it was fun and i really admired that and i said i can do that i'm a people person i like to talk with people and and uh so that's it was a natural movement right. for me
0: Whenever you, whenever you was going into college, like, what was your degree in particular? Or what were you, what were you thinking about doing? Whenever, it's that's a really funny
2: story. Um, when I first got started off, I thought maybe I might be interested in advertising. You know, as a okay. freshman going into uh, Kent State is where I graduated from, and um, I thought, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll start with like pre-journalism advertising. So as a freshman, I decided that that was the original route. And what college kid doesn't change their mind five or six or ten times (laughs) when they start off in school? And uh, so uh, I did that for maybe a year or so. I wasn't sure that I liked it. I, I really started focusing at that point on marketing. And uh, uh, business, like business management and that kind of thing. So I got a dual degree, um, and you're going to probably laugh a little bit at this because it's not super technical, but I got a dual degree in business management and uh, psychology. So business management, marketing, and psychology. And why psychology, right? Uh, First of all, I was just interested in it. I thought psychology was really cool. And then... I said, well, geez, as a salesperson, if you can understand somebody better, I think you can help them better. Yeah. So it really I was able to take that and apply it to what I wanted to do in life.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever. So whenever I went to college, I attempted to take the psychology class. I, I wasn't able to do it because it was booked and then I would it would have delayed my graduation by a year. Right. But like I, I really wanted the psychology and they told me like this is gonna be way harder than like they had some other like one oh one class or whatever that, that satisfied the need, right? But I was like, I don't care. Like, I think it was actually like science or something like that. Some type of science class. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not practical to anything I'm gonna do in life. I'm not gonna learn anything from it. And from psychology, like, we use it every day, right? When we communicate Absolutely. with individuals, like you understand the root meaning or the root the root on why we do things. Exactly.
2: And uh, it's kind of funny you say that because as you were talking, I was thinking it's like I took a bunch of different type of psychology classes, primarily because I was interested in it, And one of the ones I thought was really kind of cool was like child psychology. So now I have like two 19 year olds and I can tell you that that really helped me. Yeah. And it still helps me today. You know, awesome. um, somewhere along the line, though, like most kids um, uh, up until they are about 16 years old, um, dad and mom is like a knowledge base. Something happened over the last few years, Malachi, all of a sudden, I don't know anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all good.
0: Awesome. So how did that uh, transpire to you coming here at Simon?
2: Oh, uh, great question. Uh, for the, So prior to coming here three years ago, I told you that I managed uh, an automation and controls distributor in Cleveland, Ohio. And so we sold everything from automation controls, PLCs, HMIs, variable frequency drives. We were a distributor for ABB, for Eaton, for IDEC, a lot of really good brand names, and, and even some other ones like Delta and some other people like that. So with that knowledge, I was able to really understand all the players beyond just IDEC, which was what my, you know, one-sided view was and and be able to really look at what are the advantages and benefits that some of these other guys have and be able to go out and tell the customer, okay, well, this brand has this and it's less expensive, but this brand's a little bit more and it, and it carries more features that you might want to yeah. be able to expand or to be able to be, have scalability within the system that you're creating. And, yeah. and so it gave me a better knowledge um, and also it helps me understand the challenges that some of our distributors and integrators like you yeah. go through. And I think that helps me have a better understanding of sometimes what your challenges are, not just from an empathetic standpoint, but from a solution standpoint. How do we how do we get by something to, to make it a better situation for you? Um, yeah, and make it a win-win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's like one thing for us as a company that we do, we would prefer spend more money on things. One, that's our brand repreta- uh, representation is, you know, we don't want to be known as cheap. We want to be known as, the guy, like, the guys, right? Like, they can solve the problem. Uh, whenever they do it, they execute it super quickly. And and so, for like, for us, like, one of the things that we do is uh, whenever we're specing out a PLC, generally, we way over-spec it, right? We prefer over-spec it. It has every feature that you could need in it. Sure, maybe we pay an extra $500,000 for that, that PLC, but... It gives us the ability to, one, only have one part number, right? So then we don't have to worry about which PLC we're using on this project. We just know we're using that one, you yep. know? And there's, like, a very small chance like, when we need to use uh, other systems whenever, you know, we are trying to, like, provide values to our customer if they, they need a lower cost option. Because we will do it, right? Sure. We've even done machine tending uh, CNC presses right. with cylinders. Really? Just cylinder mechanisms. Really? And then PLC programming it to go in. Yeah, we, yeah I think we have a... A YouTube video on our on our YouTube channel. I'm gonna check that out
2: because that sounds pretty cool, man. Is yeah. that something that is that not an idea that you that you created yeah. or?
0: So it was between us and one of our vendors. Okay. We had we you know we had this customer. They had like, I think it was under twenty five thousand dollars to spend or something. Sure. To do some machine tending. They sure. said we run this one part on this on this press. There's a human here just operating it all the time. Like, we never change part numbers. Sure. So yeah, sure. Let's see what we can do with okay. it. You know. And uh, I think we ended up doing the entire system controls and integration for under twenty thousand dollars. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and, and when you can hit the budget like that and
2: solve the problem, that's pretty much a slam dunk. You know, I Absolutely. mean, uh,
0: yeah. And a lot of these customers too—they're—they're they're not huge Toyotas, right? They don't have the budget to uh, just spend whatever on a, on a system, right? They have sure. to be more conscious on how they're spending their dollars in their company, or maybe they don't have much automation. They don't have the skill set to to handle robotics at this point in time.
1: This episode of the manufacturing come up is sponsored by Elite Automation.
0: Elite Automation is a systems integrator specializing in robotic weld cell applications and especially the design and manufacturing of the weld fixture.
1: If you have any robotic weld cell needs, you can reach us at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com. Our
2: engineering staffs are down with every company. I mean, you know, so companies like Elite can really provide value to the customer, and I'm I'm really glad that we partnered together, Malachi, because I know that there's a lot of other brands that sometimes your customer dictates and says, you know, you're going to use Rockwell or you're going to use Siemens or yeah. an Amaran or somebody like that, and and in some cases, you, 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 your your hands are tied. I mean, you're doing uh, you're not doing design build, you're doing build to print. And, and, uh, you know, with today's supply chain issues that are going on, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of customers that are maybe even moving away from some of the big brands and uh, going towards somebody that has a good solution that I can find inventory availability. And that's one of the reasons that since I came to Simon and. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I came to Simon three years ago and and then the pandemic hit. Right. You know, and all, and all the crazy things that the pandemic was going on and shortly thereafter, of course, supply chain issues. And, and us being a South Korean company, we've been in business for 23 years. We've got a lot of really big customers that have put their faith in us for 20 or more of those 23 years, uh Samsung, uh Kia, Hyundai, LG, uh hand-cooked Tire, Durex. Yeah. There's a uh,
0: caterpillar on there.
2: Caterpillars on there, Anheuser Busch. Uh, we do a lot with Evoqua, water purification technologies out of the East Coast. And you know, some of the things that Simon can do for customers beyond being able to deliver better than some of the people can today, and people always ask, well, how do you do that? You know, we we tend to inventory a lot of our products and we probably overstock. Uh, We do most of our manufacturing in South Korea, even though we're headquartered in Las Vegas. We're doing some final assembly and my boss wants to open up a plant in Las Vegas by this time next year. And so that'll be really exciting because uh, we'll be able to make some of those products and have some of our hardware designers and some of our software guys right here. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that now because we're writing code for some of our new Linux-based products yeah. uh, right in Henderson, and, and that's pretty cool. Because when a customer says, you know, I need a driver for something that maybe we don't have, I and mean, we've got over two hundred drivers yeah. for, for stuff, but we can actually implement that within inside of a month. I mean, I've got two guys that that's all that they do is, is drive. And we got front end guys, back end guys. So we're real excited about some of the direction that we're going in the industry and, and, and Linux. I we believe is kind of the cutting edge of automation, and that's where we're headed. So
0: yeah, absolutely. That, that's one thing that I really liked about your team and, and, and working with your team is that you have developers. We've met directly with your developers, yeah. the guys who are like working on these systems, they're still, I mean, still working on the systems, right? The system's functional, it works, it's a it's a great system. But they're still like fine-tuning, improving, adding extra features. You know, like you said with the drivers, you're spitting out new drivers in you know a month or so. And where do you get that? Like if you go to Alan Bradley, you got you got to write your own, or you're gonna wait three years, or you know. Exactly. Nothing bad about them, but I think sometimes
2: being smaller it makes you more agile and it makes you be able to deliver stuff. And you know, we this is one thing that's really refreshing because I haven't really been working for any other company that does this. Simon Automation listens to what our customers tell us. You know, in many cases, it's like you'd go back to the company and you'd say, you know, this customer says that they need this. Um, Or, you know, and then the manufacturer might say, or the the company might say, you know, we don't see a market for that, just sell what we have. So, you know, as an example, um, some of the places that we're moving to now is towards, you know, cloud and And uh, MQTT, and and that's where the industry is going. And and so, you know, we're moving in that direction with our developers. And I said to my boss, the COO uh, in Henderson, and he's the owner of the business, the son of the owner. And I said, how much value does the Korean sales team see in this? And he shocked me. He said, none. They're not doing that. So i said so you're gonna do that just for our usa customers here and invest that and spend that money he says absolutely if that's what our customers need we need to respond and and i was just like i beamed with a smile and i'm like Mm. i've never seen that kind of philosophy so usually they say just sell what we have and find a way to explain to the customer that this is the best way to do it So now we we really listen to the customer and that's refreshing. And and so improvements to the software, a lot of times come from our customers' recommendations and something that they say, you know, it's neat that you do this, but I wish you could do that also. And uh, having that design team there, we can implement those changes pretty quickly for customers.
0: That's a a key part too, that you can implement them so quickly. Like sure, like some of these other, the other, you know, uh, your competitors, I guess, are listening to the customers maybe, but it takes so long for that change to come into play that, I mean, they done installed the system and moved on to the next thing, and then maybe they're not even dealing with that issue anymore. Exactly, yep, exactly. Mm
2: -hmm. So I'm really happy that I'm here with Simon. Uh, I I see myself being here a long time because uh, you know, we're always, and when you make, when you're a high tech company with high tech hardware and software, you better be aware of what the industry is doing because one thing that I have seen personally is that if you get behind, it will take you years to catch up. And there's even been manufacturers, uh, I won't mention any names, that almost don't focus on PLCs anymore because they got so far behind that they have limited resources and they just, they'll never catch up. They'll never catch up, so. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. What does is, what is some of your new product lines have in store? What's kind of the direction of, of Simon? Sure. Um, we uh, are moving from uh, away from an, uh, an Arm Core
2: type processor, and we're going to a Linux-based processor. And a lot of people ask why. Um, a lot of reasons why. Uh, you know, robustness, security. Um, you know, really. Um, you know, being able to fix things like bugs and things like that. Like on the current stuff right now, that a lot of it's Windows-based with a lot of manufacturers, uh, Windows CE or something else. Um, if we have a problem with something, um, God bless Bill Gates, but he don't care about helping us fix yeah. that or anybody else. So yeah. then we have to create a workaround mm-hmm. in order to be able to solve that problem. Now with a Linux kernel, we're able to implement that ourselves more of a root and, system. and more of a more system. Okay. And let's say you have something proprietary in terms of a software that you want to run on the PLC or on the HMI. We're able to actually help you download that software. Um, it, it's a lock system we don't want you to go in but if but you provide a software we can go in and download that runtime software to our Linux chip and then lock it again okay and then lock it up again. So we're able to do little things like that and I've actually got a really good distributor um, in the southeast called B&D Industrial and we're doing something like for that for them right now on their preventative maintenance where they're using Python and they want to be able to embed that uh, on our Linux chip. So we're working with the uh, with the head engineering manager, Carl Tolbert from B&D, and and they are doing a lot of testing because they bought GTI Predictive up on the East Coast, which is more vibration technology type stuff. And we're kind of rolling that in to our PLC. They've had some little controller there that was not industrial. So they're, they're really looking to try to, and they've partnered with us to be able to come up with a better solution for their customers that's more robust and, and so forth. So that's really exciting too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Let's go kind of shift gears a little bit. What is something that you could advise to somebody who's younger? Maybe they're still in high school. Maybe they're just not getting into college. What are some things that they can do to to get into this industry? That's a great question.
2: And, you know, today... was different than maybe when I and you were growing up Um, you don't always have to go to college today in order to achieve some of these goals Um, you know you can but you know you don't have to and sometimes you could even go and take a class or two without getting a degree today what it is is it's all about knowledge so you go in as a young guy and you want to let's say get a job at elite automation or you know and, and get into the field all you really need to do quite frankly is gear yourself if you're a technical person uh you know you gear yourself towards learning and finding uh, this is what i've done okay i surround myself with people that know more than me okay and then you know i take a little bit of knowledge from this person and from that person and this person and then i expand upon that and learn more so i would just say you got to be aggressive and want to learn and then find a company like Elite or even some manufacturers out there like Simon that if you've got, uh, you know, the knowledge you've gotten out of school and you've applied that knowledge, that's what people want to see is, you know, how smart are you? Are you able to apply the knowledge of this? And yes, college is always an option, but it's not the only option today. You know, a lot of good trade schools, too, that you can look into, depending on what your interest is. Maybe you don't want to go out and sell PLCs and HMIs like Mm -hmm. I am. Maybe you're into machine tool or into something like that. And, you know, I, I would recommend highly to some of these young people to do two things. One, find a company like yours that's maybe a medium, small company that they can learn some knowledge from. And then quite frankly, educate yourself. Surround yourself with people that are knowledgeable about that. Do your own research. Ask questions to people that are knowledgeable, and you'll be surprised how much you learn. As a really funny example, we've got a lot of our software engineers that are here manning the booth with us. So a lot of times a customer will come up and wanna talk about an application that they have or tell me about your hardware. And it's funny because the software guys, even though they understand our product, they're more geared towards software. And they're like, well, let let me get Dave to talk a little bit about that because they're more software focused. But just being here for the week, my software engineers have learned more about our products by listening to customers' problems and listening to how we're gonna solve it that um, I feel like they're leaving here with a head so big, maybe it won't fit through the door.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of crazy how you you can send salespeople out here or you can send engineers out here and, and the engineer's experience is can almost be like a crash college course, you know? Exactly, and you know, what we do too
2: is we got a really good support staff in Henderson, and I think when you're selling a high-tech product, um, you need to be available. So if one of your engineers, Malachi, says, you know, I'm having a problem, I need to talk to somebody, um, nobody wants to wait. They want to pick up the phone or send an email and get an answer within an hour. That's the way that we work and I'm not exaggerating at all. We have a 99% or better satisfaction rate with our customers. And when you call us or when you email us, we pick up the phone and we respond within an hour or so. That's really important because, um, you know, if you've, if you've got your boss sitting there going, when is this, when are you going to debug this thing? We got to have it commissioned by the end of the week, right? Yeah. And the pressure's up, right? Yeah. You need to be able to talk to somebody and anybody who's touch base with our support team, no exaggeration, we don't charge for our software. We don't charge for our tech support. Why should I charge a customer money to be able to use my product? We want to sell hardware. So anybody who's done that loves our support and says i pay for support that's not as good
0: as yours yeah that's awesome it's awesome to hear uh when it comes to somebody like because you have you come from the sales background right so what kind of trajectorized you and got you into the sales did you just immediately jump into the sales and and kind of how was that cycle
2: sure that's a really good uh, really good uh, question um And I'm gonna give a two answer to that. When I was really young, um, I knew that I was interested in sales, and this is gonna sound funny, but when I was a senior in high school, they had this club, it was called DECA Distributive Education Club, and what it, was, what it was is they got you a job and you got to get out of school at like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the yeah, afternoon and yeah. go to work, right? Yeah. So I'm like, hey, you know, that's what I wanna do. I wanna get out of school early and go make some money. So I looked around to see who was hiring and this is where it gets funny. So I decided to get a job selling shoes for Tom McCann. Okay. Really? okay. <clears throat> the brand doesn't even exist anymore today, <laughs> but I liked just working with people, helping people. And it was a commission-based sales. So not only did I get a salary, but if I sold lots of shoes, I made extra money. Um, So it was just something that I kind of like, yeah, sales, you know, my dad's in sales. This is kind of neat. So I, you know, and and back to your, uh, to engineering, a lot of times, a lot of the engineers that I meet, um, you know, and I'm not saying you're this way, but some are um, just don't uh, understand. Uh, they're more introverts and they don't really understand how to how to talk with people. I'm a really smart technical guy, but I can't equate yeah. that to, uh, to be able to talk with people. So um, my 19 year old is kind of similar to that. He's a really smart kid. His IQ is really high and he has a few friends, but he just doesn't like to talk a lot. So we're working with him just to try to say, you know, speak more stop texting on your phone and talk to people you know so my recommendation to folks is is get yourself some sales experience and there's also uh sandler selling system i took that there's some classes that you can take even linkedin has some sales uh classes that you can take to expose yourself to it to to cut your teeth in that yeah and and it's just like anything else once you get a little bit of knowledge you want to follow that up and learn more
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I actually experienced kind of that same thing. I'm more of the introvert. Uh sure. a lot of people I don't think they can they notice it cuz they see me on camera. And they're like, "No way, dude. No way, dude." But Ryan, it's like you're talking. Yeah, I'm talking. <laughs> but uh it's like you know, like for me, it's like even to now, it's like I'm I'm walking around the corner to come to you guys booth. I'm like wiping the sweat off my forehead before I walk over, you know, but like, boom, after I'm in it, then I'm in it and all things are good, you know, but it's just like that initial, like just getting started, like starting to nervous. Yeah. A little nervous. Yeah. Nervous.
2: And everybody does. Um, I guess like I can think back, like when I had to give my first big talk in front of like a whole room of engineers, you got like 25 engineers in a room and you're getting ready to do a demo and a presentation or something. Your hands start getting a little sweaty. You're like wiping on your (laughs) pants. You're like, I don't want to shake his hand and have a sweat. And, you know, you just got to relax. Everybody's kind of in the same boat. Don't let that, you know, get your stomach in knots. Um, and just try to relax and, and talk with people and don't, uh, and it took a while the first few times yeah, it's still, like, it's still yeah, yeah. I mean, it took a while, but you know, after a while and, and everybody makes mistakes, I'm a, a guy that, uh, uh, I'll tend to joke a little bit that if I, if I inject a little bit of humor into, uh, a meeting like that, not only does it make me feel a little bit better but other people in the room kind of get a little chuckle maybe or something like that and when i see them chuckling all of a sudden your
0: your comfort
2: level comes down a little bit um and that kind of thing and of course as a sales guy the worst thing that can happen to you is when you prepare your demo you download the project to it everything's functioning great in your office and you get it in there you plug it in and everything and all of a sudden something's not working you're like oh my god okay, I got 20 people in here, um, hold on one second, and you pull your laptop out and you re-download the project, and and uh, 90% of the time I got it ready to roll and right. everything's good, but there's always that one time where it's a little embarrassing, and then you're patting in your palms start getting sweaty again, and you're, <laughs> so. Awesome, Dave. Awesome, Dave, David. I'm really glad that you stopped by our booth today, and uh, I could tell you a little bit about myself. And quite frankly, um, I'd love to be able to help any uh, young kids that are looking to uh, get into our field. If I can steer you in a direction, yeah. uh, help you a little bit with some knowledge, um, I think the you know the more that we can do that, the the better it is for us in terms yeah. of uh, being able to keep automation and controls and robotics and keep our industries running because. Uh, we need young people yeah. to learn this business, to, to keep it rolling.
0: Yeah. So really appreciate that. Where can people follow or find you?
2: You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is David St. George. It's S T period George. And I work for Simon automation. You can uh, connect with me. Uh, you can follow me. And, uh, I usually follow people back that, you know, connect with me. So, um, like I said, I've been following you for quite some time, man. I'm a big fan of yours, man. And, uh, And keep it up, man. Ten thousand, you just hit ten thousand, that's a big achievement, buddy. And I think within the next year or so you'll probably be at twenty. Hope so. (laughs) Excellent man. Thank you. Thanks again for stopping by.
1: Yeah.